Hello and welcome to the next installment of whatever this is, community forum thing. Welcome. Come on in, everybody. Make sure you can hear us okay in the comments. Do drop a, a quick comment if you can. Make sure we're coming in loud and clear and with video as well, because we are all live. Uh, today, we have uh, three guests with us from the community. We have Ishan, we have Mike, we have Hans. Welcome, y'all. And then our super special guest, your favorite Russian, my Russian brother from another mother, Mr. Al Bundy, aka Tom Nash. <laughs> How you doing, my friend? I was about to take my shirt off just to troll you, but then I realized you might get demonetized. So I was like, okay. <laughs> gonna pull out Elon and free the nipple? Is that what you're gonna do? No, that was uh, a. <laughs> he's the, the whitest man on earth. Did you see this? Super pale. Yeah. He's so. Like, that's a sign of hard work. Yeah. He doesn't go yeah. outside, bro. He's always working. Yeah. Do you think people like recognize that though when they see that? Do you think that's like a legitimate like plus for him? The fact that he's so pale? No, everybody everybody knows he's a workaholic, bro. Like he had fifty seven thousand yeah. marriages already. I mean that doesn't happen. Yeah. So don't worry, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Nine known children who, who God knows how many more he's got back there. But um, that's before March. awesome man. Imagine right. like, once you get to Mark, bro, what the craziness is gonna ensue <laughs> that, bro. <laughs> Oh man. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate you making the time. Um, Tom's been an awesome uh, supporter of the channel. I obviously I've been following Tom for a long time, so it's, it's an honor to have you on, especially with the community here where we can all sit down and uh, discuss different topics. So really appreciate you for coming on. And then in the comments section as well, if you do find anything that's interesting to you or would like to add any color or have any questions or want to add your thoughts, do drop them in the comments. We'd love to bring that in so that we can have the conversation flow in as much as possible and also really bring value to the listener, which is ultimately our goal. Um, so maybe what we'll do is we'll start, uh, we'll have Hans, maybe if, if you want to kick us off with, uh, with the first question, and then we'll just have a free flowing conversation from there. And then uh, we'll see where the conversation goes. So maybe Hans, uh, kick us off here. Sure. Um, so one of the big questions that we had talked about beforehand that a lot of people are interested in is where like, there's been a lot of money kind of sucked out of the system recently and with the stock market down to where it's at. Where is the money now? Where has it gone to? And then what do future flows look like in your mind? Am I supposed Tom. to answer this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what are your thoughts? <laughs> Was this inverse? You're supposed to reach into your pockets and bring uh -huh. it out. No, no, I didn't. Open I didn't conversation, open conversation. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't know how it works. Okay. So uh, now I understand. Um, so first of all, uh, there's not been such an amount withdrawn from the market as much as being talked about withdrawn from the market. So I'm assuming what you're referring to is like the the Fed trimming their balance sheet. There's been a lot of talk about that, but uh, it, it hasn't really happened yet because... Uh, I mean, it's we're talking about massive balance sheet, and they. So, you're talking about. Mm, well, I think there's a couple angles. So, one of the the guy that wrote this question, I know his his motivation was just we've seen how much the stock market has come down, and I think Shamath said that like 14 billion dollars, or no, sorry, 14 trillion dollars of global um, wealth has been destroyed in the past five, six months. And so I think that's the the money that he was referring to. Where has that gone? Um, but I know that, yeah, 
that's just part of the story. We haven't seen um, the reverse money printer really run yet. And then no, it hasn't uh, run at all. We're still at nine nine trillion, bro. If yeah. You go to the to the Fed's website. You see, uh, we're a little bit under, like eight point nine, whatever. But nothing. That, but what you? I was about to say that as you as you uh, continue the question, uh, that just natural order of things where. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of losses in the stock market, and uh, it's the classic situation of the rich getting richer, the poor getting poorer, bro. So uh, there's been a lot of institutionals uh, who, I guess, played again the retail investors. I'm assuming there's, uh, I mean, definitely. Look, even guys like Mark Cuban have taken a big loss, bro. Bill Ackman. He lost a couple hundred million on Netflix. So everybody took a beating. Mm-hmm. But in on aggregate, there's less Bill Ackman's and uh, Mark Cuban's than uh, poor retail investors who lost uh, $200,000 in portfolio, or $150,000 or $100,000. So there's probably, a, I would say, an insane amount of people who, lo- who basically blew up medium-sized accounts. And usually that money goes to the... Uh, Institutional investors who have, unfortunately, a lot of uh, unfair advantages. That's just the way the world works. Look, mm-hmm. it, it's a stack deck. You know, if you play poker, right? So the how much chips you have basically plays a big part in how you what your strategy is, right? So imagine like we're playing a game and it's just me and you. I'm the retail investor, you're the institutional investor, and you have 800 million and I have 200 million or 200,000, whatever, right? So it's uh, an 80-20 ratio. I'm going to have a very hard time beating you, bro. Just based on that, without anything else, without mm-hmm. like any skills. So And and that's exactly the ratio in the market. For for uh, There's 80 cents on the dollar of institutional investor money in the market versus 20 cents on the dollar of retail investor. Let's say that in high participation markets like COVID, post, stimulus checks, it goes up to 25 or 30%. It's still like there's, there's so much resources for them so much access to information. I'm not even talking mm-hmm. about uh, the legal insider trading of politicians. That's a whole different enchilada, bro. I'm not even going to go there. Uh, the greatest fund manager of all times. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, look, I'm assuming like all of these institutional investors, mm, I wouldn't, on, on an aggregate level, have made money through the swing and uh, gotten out on time. And uh, some retail investors have, but for the most part, no. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the money just switched hands. So more institutional investors have become richer and retail investors put their mm, stimulus money in the market and basically blew it up for the most part. Mm. Like Voyager, Celsius, mm-hmm. uh, but Luna. And the, by the way, there's a Luna 2.0. If, if you were stupid enough to buy Luna 2.0, bro, they deserve to lose their money. Yeah. It went up by 6% yesterday. I just checked just out of curiosity, bro. People are buying that shit. Yeah, I think I think the point you made about like the like the bailout money and all these stimulus checks going mm-hmm. from the like the small retail investor to all the big big uh money guys who timed the market perfectly and were able to exit before this downtrend happened, I think is like one of those things that I don't think it's got that gets talked about enough and is like hollowing out yet again a, a big portion a large number of people that had some financial security for a little bit and then they lost it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, that's that's a crazy thing that has happened. 
um, well, completely. Nuts. And also think about it this Hot, way: like yeah. uh, people like exploded on crypto over like yeah. 2020, and a lot of this money went out of crypto into the stock market, and a lot of it went into like staking in places like Celsius, mm-hmm. uh, like Boost. Luna, like uh, like BlockFi. Where, like there's a lot of examples, and like and that's the crazy part is like what's the one stock that is retail heavy but withstood the most amount of fud like there's one stock in the market that that has more fud than any other stock has a heavy participation of retail and yet it didn't really take as much damage as any of the other ones and stay stable mm-hmm. throughout mm-hmm. gm's and, a great uh, company so Yes, yeah. <laughs> so I want to bring no, in a, a special bro, nobody yeah. ahead, nobody Tom. by the way in it, the one of the signs like the canary in the coal mine for a company to about to go like belly up especially like a stock probably not the company is when you have high high retail participation because the yeah. not Tesla bro somehow like mm-hmm. uh, they've broken the, this rule there's a uh, I've I had the, the argument about this with Ken, Chicken Jin in Singapore. Mm-hmm. We had like a debate. Like I love him, and I I don't have like this Sasha Yanshin relationship with him. We're actually like good friends. And so <laughs> he actually came on my show when he came back from retirement, and we did like a whole uh, one hour podcast. So yeah. he was saying Q two deliveries are going to be bad compared to Q one by definition, and the market is going to sell off. And I made a video saying he's wrong. I love him. But he's wrong because I think he's discounting the analytical nature of the retail community that is the Tesla retail community. Because they'll know it's bogus and they'll just buy the dip and and it's an efficient market. And people like Rob Maurer, like Dave Lee, like yourself, like Stephen Mm -hmm. McGrath, I mean, they're just like examples of the type of conviction that is backed by data and and objective numbers, not hopium. And (laughs) I I said it's not going to go down. And I think it's only been up since Q2 deliveries. Consistently, so I was right, but uh, he might be still long-term correct. But let's see. Let yeah, me bring no, in a very least... special guest, real quick. Sorry, Hans. Let me let me just bring Go in a very it. special guest. It looks like we have uh, one of your uh, family members on, Nash. Uh, Tom, do you recognize this uh, wonderful lady here? <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, you're back. This is Babushka uh, from Russia. <laughs> This is uh, so emotional for me. (laughs) (laughs) They were playing long last family. The producer, you know, with the beard, like like your beard, he said, you miss me. Uh, Well, you've been dead for a while, so so it's great to see you. I I sent pictures to producer. Producer, show pictures, please. Picture picture number one. All right, here we go. Okay. Picture number one. All right, ready? All right, let's see. Here we go. One. Who is this wonderful guy right here? Tommy, that's you at Delphine's in Russia. Remember? (laughs) See the picture? That is me. It is. Tell me story. Tell me story. (laughs) The fuck is this picture from, bro? This is me. This is like... Producer, show other pictures so he remembers Okay, Babushka. okay, here we go. How about oh, this one? this is Tommy in New York. 
Yeah. The, well, go back to the previous picture. I'll tell you where it's oh, from. There okay. are better pictures. Right. More pictures. So this picture is, I want to say, nineteen eighty-six. Okay. 1986. This is uh, from a place called Anapa. In Russia, Anapa is like kind of the vacation town. Uh, it's kind of the communist Vegas, just minus the casinos and the fun and the booze. <laughs> uh, I'm, so, yeah, so it's probably 86. I'm shocked that it isn't cut. I don't even remember. Did I post this I, picture? I got somewhere? better. I got better. Go back, producer. There is number one and number two. It's much better. No, the other way. Okay. Which no, way? No, this way? No, this is me, Babushka, with you, baby Tommy. <laughs> 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 you see me? <laughs> we look alike. Same nose, same yes, eyes, same everything. Yes. Exactly. Everything is the same. It's you just, uh, yeah. It seems like it's uh, the picture was taken some like uh, you you seem like a little bit more like um, um, oh come um, on Photoshop is good don't you tell me Photoshop is not good no no it's a high high quality job <laughs> now go to second picture producer producer show me more show me more yeah we'll do, look we'll do here one more. this yeah. is Christmas Orthodox I can't Christmas. deny this yeah is I can't you deny Babushka yes. and you. Yes, that is. Shall we tell them undeniable. how you were called before you were called Tommy? Um, that is a state secret. Oh, okay. <laughs> I won't tell them. I won't tell them. Okay, keep on going, producer. Keep on going. All right, we'll, we'll do one more. We'll do one more, and then we'll oh, do a grand oh, reveal. This Who's this handsome there, guy? There you were, Who's chubby. Yeah. What did they give you at university? Look, <laughs> nobody in Russia is chubby like that. <laughs> You'll be surprised. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, one more one more because I think it's when you were immigrating. Tell us this one. This one? Uh no, that's actually something else. This is a picture that uh, was taken when I was uh when you go through getting a uh, license for for the New York State bar, you basically oh. go through an exam and then there's an ethic exam and then there's an interview. And uh, after the interview, if you pass the interview, it's everybody basically passes. They'll swear you in. And this oh. is the picture. It's it, this was taken in Albany, New York. So yes. after the, Babushka, this... very proud. You very handsome you. young man. Thank you. I little bit it. less beard, little bit less hair. Beautiful. <laughs> one last one, just to show. <laughs> one last one. <laughs> what is on? What All right, is on one last one. One, one real last my, one. One real this last. This is one. On <laughs> my Every night I look at them. <laughs> This, okay. this, yes, this is uh, somewhat <laughs> creepy, but so cute and 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 very is, wholesome. Right. So thank <laughs> yes. you, Tommy. I'm so happy we found each other again. So yes, happy, Babushka. Okay. <laughs> Big kiss. Oh my! Do you want to do a grand reveal? Do you want to do a grand oh, no, reveal? No, no. Everybody, of, everybody knows no. who I am. Don't you worry. <laughs> he doesn't was, know who I am, but funny. everybody else knows who I am. <laughs> How are you doing? I don't know if you're. Hey, you want you want to do a fun. quick intro? I don't know if. You, <laughs> Are you familiar with Alexandra at all, Tom? No. Do you know Alexandra? You want to do a quick she, intro? Babushka. Yeah. <laughs> she's a. Uh, she's somebody who's been. My grandmother's name was, by the way, yeah. Alina. I could have told you that. And uh, Alina. Yeah, been. but I mean, come on. I tried for a couple of hours finding your name. There's no way. I don't know how you did it. I said to Farzad, "You're the smartest guy getting unknown." This is you can't crazy. find it. <laughs> no. Good job on that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll let you yeah. go. This Even my parents don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you Bye-bye. Thank you, Alexandra. This Thank you great. for stopping Thank you in. so much. Bye-bye, everybody. It was fun. <laughs>
Yeah, Alexandra is a, is a big big fan of you, big fan of the show. She she had a, a little thought to uh, give you a little oh, pranky man, prank funny. since, uh, yeah, uh, a it little was prank. In but, the, uh, yeah. in a funny in a creepy way. Because, you know, they show you pictures and stuff. <laughs> but she was so cute about it that it actually, you know, yeah. it was more funny than... But the latest one with the fucking <laughs> angel picture. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah, she she's somebody who has had a, um, a lot of a fun experience. And one of the things she's been talking up, which is something you talked about very recently, a Sri Lanka video, was about how ESG was a huge reason why that country has has been suffering so much lately. And she was, she's been a huge... Um, she's been really trying to drive a lot of conversation around how ESG is really causing a lot more problems than it's solving. And so Sri Lanka is one media? example. She's on social media, we can follow her? Yeah. I've, I've, yeah, yeah. Where can I find her? Tessa Boomer Mama. Tessa Boomer Mama. That's yeah. a very specific name. It is, is very it YouTube specific. YouTube or Twitter or? Uh, Twitter. She also, has a, yeah, she also has a YouTube as well. But um, she's a really, she's a really big fan of yours, obviously. Because she did some research and found some of your early uh, pictures there on your, on your videos, I guess. And... Um, yeah, that's been one of the one of the real big conversations that she's been trying to drive is ESG, and how ESG is just not really uh, cranked up to to what it's uh, all to be. So, um, and thank you for doing that Sri Lanka video too, because I think on, that yeah, I can post a link a link to her thing on here. Oh, I found Easy. it, Tesla Boomer yeah. Mama. Yes, I just yeah. gave her a follow. Nice. On, uh, and I'll also subscribe to her YouTube channel. Nice. That was funny. <laughs> okay she was very excited to uh to come on and uh that was funny and, as uh, fun. i mean creepy <laughs> creepy but funny some people like, like that humor i guess bro, if i pull up pictures of you from i, I probably posted it sometime but the, it just came back and like should i be alarmed or should i enjoy this and i'm just gonna enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about uh, right. you guys want to talk about Sri Lanka. Okay. Sri Lanka is more complex than just ESG. I have oversimplified it in my video just because I mean it's a seven-minute video, right? And, right. but I'm I tied it in actually today when I, I did like a, another video and I, I talked about it a little bit again. So guys, like you heard about what happened in Sri Lanka, right? And uh yeah. so oh, my there's a really okay. So, so Sri Lanka is, uh, is basically, they had a lot of, they have a history, but recently they've been doing really well, to be honest. And uh, so it, it, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a country with, with, with baggage, but they've been doing pretty well. And they went through some weird metamorphosis where they've kind of Angela Merkel themselves into organic agriculture and just for the ESG cloud. And uh, while everybody was basically, there was a big circle jerk in the West around how Sri Lanka is basically going all organic, and uh, the whole fucking thing collapsed. Now, it to be fair, that it would not have probably collapsed in this manner without the perfect storm that is the clusterfuck 2022, which is insane, inexpensive debt, complete, I mean, obliteration of supply chains, Energy prices, like which are insanely expensive, like geopolitical mess, like without like without expensive energy and expensive commodities and expensive money, they probably could have had like a standard boilerplate recession. 
or even like a like a big recession, right? But because they're basically they went into this food shortage, energy shortage, money shortage crisis in a time where all of these things are hella expensive, they basically got left to dry to hang out to dry basically. Because uh, they and I talked about in my video, they had like a perfect like uh, ESG score for a while there, like higher than Sweden, uh, and then it just wasn't enough to keep up. I mean, ESG, it, the concept itself is not evil. The problem is that when people try to force it, they before it's ready, and uh, this is what happens. So uh, you have crazy stories, bro. There's people over there. Like, why did people go out in the streets? They used, there's footage of people like uh, at some point they raided the house of the of the president. You have them swimming in this pool. Some other motherfuckers went ahead and burned the house of the prime minister at the same time. Basically, everything went to shit. But you, it's just kind of expected when. People were standing like this crazy stories, bro. People standing in line for four days or like four gallons of gas, bro. And sometimes they would do that and there's like, yeah, we ran out of fucking gas. You just wasted four oh, days wow. of your life, bro. Like insanity. Yeah. Like, so the entire country was basically is went to shit. But also bad decisions, bad management, bad monetary policy. But the ESG part definitely played a huge role in this. And the uh, this is just the beginning. I said in my video, I mean, uh, Germany is next, bro. I mean, uh, Germany has a big problem. Like, we don't know what's going to happen within Russia and Germany. But basically, Russia holds the entire German GDP in their fucking hands, bro. So that's going to be very interesting. If Russians decide not to renew the gas supply, what, what is Germany going to do? I'm just curious. What What's the alternative? I... There's not a lot of them out there. I mean, how much diesel can you fucking burn, bro? I mean, the, there's only so much yeah. diesel you can use. And there's, there's, I said this in my video. I, I don't know where I got the data from right now. I don't remember. But in my video, I did some research. If Germany gets cut out from Russian gas, like they're doing maintenance now on Nord Stream, right? If they don't renew the pipe, the pipeline, or at some point they stop it, in the next six months... Uh, it's going to cost Germany five or six percent of the GDP in six months, bro. It's it's in, like it sounds not like a lot. Five percent, a five percent of your GDP in six months is fucking it's it's insanity, bro. It's giant, bro. Hmm. Especially think about what happens in the winter. Like you think now the heat wave is a problem, bro. Think about what happens like in <laughs> European winter and you have no heating, bro. It's going to be fucking crazy. Wow. So, so Tom. Uh, about Sri Lanka, right? I mean, a long time before uh, the fertilizer ban came in, uh, Sri Lanka was already down a very slippery path with China, right? So That's true. you know how China yes. funds so many projects, but it's a dead trap. Yes. Right? And, uh, it's it's so the I same think, thing that the IMF did for years, bro, by the way, to other developing countries. And it's still doing. And it's still doing. Yes. You it's know? a scam. Uh, IMF it's comes called, in, uh, becoming, says, they make you a slave by giving you these loans. Yeah. And, and austerity that the IMF puts into so many nations actually reduces the size of the economy, not does not expand it. And, you know, it's just counterproductive. So just blaming I, uh, ESG on, you know. No, no, uh, I, I agree no. with you. That's the main problem with my video. 
I oversimplified it and I made it sound as if it was just ESG and the fertilizer ban. But this yeah. was the this was I guess the spark that lit this whole Kager gag basically. Yeah, almost like the yeah. inflection point of like it's where you uh it's look, point of I've, I've, it's, look at the numbers. So tea fucked, right? Rice fucked. So Sri Lanka with no tea and no rice is basically the economy is fucked. But mm-hmm. if you don't have this crazy perfect storm that is this craziness of high energy prices, high cost of capital, you can still basically lend your way out of this or loan your way out of this. You could basically get some money, but they it happened to them in the worst possible time. And also like the this is what happens when you fucking like a lot of people don't realize this, but Sri Lanka is almost kind of a monarchy, if you think about it, bro. It wasn't really like a democratic country. So these people have no no qualifications to run the fucking country other than their name, bro. And they basically took over and made some stupid decisions. Hopefully, uh, I don't I don't like Sri Lanka is fucked, bro. I don't know what's gonna happen. Like the crazy part is like people the West isn't gonna bail out Sri Lanka, bro. Yeah. They have too many problems of their own. So they don't have... It's like so I know that India is stepping in. Uh, it's extended, I think, a billion-dollar line of credit. And a lot of the utilities in Sri Lanka are actually run by Indian companies. Like, you know, the big uh, oil and gas companies actually Indian oil. Um, some of, you know, a lot of the power utilities are run by uh, Sri Lanka. If I was India, I would condition all of this in annexation, bro. Like, if I'm <laughs> going to fucking pay for everything, just for, for uh, you should, like, just, I should, yeah. if I'm paying for everything, I own you now. <laughs> I think uh, uh, for India, I think it's uh, from a security point of view, right? Um, uh, just the fact that Sri Lanka is not as close to China as it was at one point is a big deal, right? Yeah. Uh, because otherwise, you know how uh, with Belt and Road and the string of pearls thing, the whole idea of, uh, um, I would say, surrounding India, that, that was essentially what China was doing. Um, and I think it's it's just the win, and I think India is going to take this win. India is right. not going to take this win and be done with it. That's the crazy part. No, no. I've made a video Absolutely. saying that that China is fucked. I don't know if you've seen this video, I where I said basically I the Chinese economy is absolutely it's it's a paper tiger. It's absolutely has no chance. If you're looking for the next big superpower in the next fifty years, it probably is India, bro. They have everything to challenge. Like it seems weird, and I say, oh, we India. <laughs> like, hold on a second before you dismiss. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Large population. Lots of young people, bro. Friendly borders. I agree. Uh, rule of law, stability, democracy. Uh, I know there's like, first of all, they need to shut down the fucking call centers, the fucking scammers, bro. But I mean, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, oh, no, they I scam mean, us as much as they scam anybody else. So yeah, absolutely. India probably has the best shot at being the next big player on the global stage. If yeah. you think about it, like creatively, for the next, in a, if you think in a ten-year-plus increments, uh, English-speaking, yeah. good banking system, stable, fucking no demographic problems, cheap cost of capital, cheap cost of labor, everything is like it's still like raw, 
but it it has a lot of potential. It's definitely more than China, bro. Yeah. How much did demographic issues play into these geopolitical cycles in your mind, Tom? In Europe? Uh, anywhere. I mean, China, obviously, they've got a huge problem with demographics. Oh, they're beyond the That's problem. One. They're done. Yeah. They're done. <clears throat> but yeah, just across any of the any of the major nations. I don't know. Look, is, as far as China goes, their demographic crisis is already lost. And the crazy part, they did this to themselves. Mm -hmm. China's demographic collapse, which is inevitable, is completely self-inflicted. This is the crazy part. So China, <laughs> people are like, oh, China, like Ray Dalio, right? China, mm -hmm. they're so strategic. They think in 20-year increments. Mm -hmm. No, motherfucker. That's not the... That's absolutely not how it works. <laughs> China imposes this one-child policy. Uh, absolutely screwing over its demographic balance, bro. And I'll explain that in a second just for some of the viewers. I don't know who understands this or not. The crazy part, they tried to fix it by abolishing it. And then they went to the two-child policy. People are still not fucking. <laughs> so they went to the three-child policy. People are still not fucking because they've basically raised a generation of people who think in one child, basically. Mm. They, like the whole culture is basically economical. You want to have one child, you want to max out the bet on this one child. You don't want to split resources on three kids. You want to give this one child everything, like the best chances because they're so competitive in China, mm. right? So it's like, especially like uh, in the cities, bro. It's like, uh, so anyways, so the, Here's the problem. In, in Amer America has the same problem, but America has a solution that China will never have. And that's the crazy part. So America, Japan, and China are the three countries that suffered the most out of a demographic crisis. Uh, but Japan and America are in a whole different situation. So what happens in China right now, I don't remember the numbers, but you can watch my video. I, I dug up all the numbers. So the average median age in China um went up from uh i i don't remember from uh, 20 something to 39 it's like uh, they've basically it there's this balance right so in every society you have people who are producing working and there's people who are basically retired and the ones who are working are paying for the retired people essentially and they're carrying them right but uh, usually, like, uh, the balance is kind of, uh, there's, you need more of these to carry these, right? But in China, because of the one-child po policy, also their retirement age is uh, very young. I don't remember. I think it's 60 or something like that. So they retire. How long young. was the one-child uh, policy was in place for? Do you Decades, know? bro. I think it, they were this. Long time. They were doing this, like, I think. From the I 80s, think I think it wasn't all the way to the 2000s. You can Google it. But a few decades, bro. It was a long time. I think they just repealed this like 20 years ago. You can find the 1980 numbers, to 2016. Yeah, okay. Okay. So there's almost a, 40 years. Yeah. Nobody's fucking though. Nobody's making kids in China. So they haven't. So ever since they repealed this, nothing has changed because culturally they completely screwed over the society. So what happens in China right now? So people getting the population is getting older and older and older. The uh, people are living longer and longer and longer because of modern medicine. And all of them have one kid. So the young people get, they become less and less in the population. So, uh, but at some point, you, you know, you just don't have enough 
um, producing working um, population to support all these old people. And what happens is in the U.S., it's the same problem. But in the U.S., they all they have to do is open the gate. They just open the gate and there's mm-hmm. always willing people to come in and basically come and work in the U.S. Working age, 20, 30, whatever, come in, work for 30 years, work in every job, bro. Welders, builders, carpenters, bus drivers, scientists, bankers, whatever, bro. Who wants to go to fucking China, bro, to immigrate? Except for John Cena and Ray Dalio, bro. Okay, so they have two people. Who are <laughs> Except for these oh, two the motherfuckers, nobody wants to go to China, bro. Nobody. The North Koreans? So they can't fix it. Bro. Yeah. Right? <laughs> North Koreans, you said. Maybe North, yeah, people. but North yes. Yes, yeah. yes, that is true. But you can't leave North yeah. Korea anyway, so it's pointless. Mm-hmm. So they can't right. have immigration to fix it. And the even if they actually convince people to have more kids, it the impact will be felt in 30 years by that time. Mm-hmm. That's just one of their problems. They have like 10 more. That's well, they're absolutely screwed. Yeah. Yeah. And then and you overlay on top of that uh uh, uh, sorry, Sean, a, a regime that is uh, clearly authoritarian. And at some point, I think the combination of those off, things off, and the, the people. regime that's off its you know, yeah. bro. Yeah, it's, it just seems there's too many. I think I, I agree with the notion that the, that the dominance of China long term, I think, is severely over, overblown because of the factors that were listed here. And these are like super fundamental, especially long term. Like if you want to build a long term success story, you can't have a aging population. You can't have a regime that is authoritarian. You can't have a gigantic debt crisis. You can't have a real estate market that's collapsing uh, super quickly, right? And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's 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 very interesting to watch. I feel like it's a very near-term statement. Uh, Ishan, you were gonna say something. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no. I was just saying that, you know, when you have uh, two working people supporting four parents and maybe two kids, hopefully, maybe three, uh, what really happens is uh, that the two people who are working and earning are not spending a lot on the things that drive the economy. They're not buying a new car every three or five years. They're mm-hmm. not, uh, you know, going out for entertainment as much. They're not eating out as much. So uh, essentially, it's not something. It, it's something that uh, slows down the economy. Uh, you know, secondary effects are a lot more than the primary ones. And uh, also the, the fact that uh, there's a lot of cultural aspect to it as well. For example, uh, the debt crisis in China today, fueled by the fact that the Chinese population just went crazy wanting to buy property, right? Why did that happen? Because the generation before uh, you know, uh, the earning population today, it was their dream to own property. You know, uh, owning properties like a status symbol uh, in a lot of cultures and not just China. And, you know, it's the same thing in India mm-hmm. as well. And the Indian housing market is in a bubble as well. But uh, the fact is that it's the parents who sort of push children to, you know, put their money into uh, such devices, uh, be it property, regardless of it being in a bubble. Right. Um, and then when a crash like this happens, uh, the the impact in, is is a lot more than what maybe you know somebody who's more financially stable as a society uh, can take. So yeah, it's just compounding 
affect them. The thing with the Indian real estate, sorry, with the Chinese real estate market, I don't know why I said Indian, but the freight maybe? I don't know. What was <laughs> I thinking? Uh, but the thing with the Chinese real estate market, it's a fucking NFT, bro. <laughs> it's, just, it's absolutely well, pointless. Sad. It has zero functionality, bro. It serves no purpose. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's basically nothing. It's it's people buying up these rights for apartments that nobody will ever live in, bro. And at some point... Yeah, that nobody will ever build. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, some of them are built, by the way. You can watch ah. Serpenza's videos. There's mm-hmm. whole neighborhoods. There's whole fucking series, bro. This is built. Ghost bro. towns. Like, yeah, there's see. nobody there. It's fucking ah. ghost city, bro. Because like it's just a piece of paper that changes hands and people resell it, uh, speculating on the. N- nobody's moving into these cities, bro. They're absolutely pointless. And Crazy the whole people. fucking China GDP growth is built on this fucking fake ass property market, uh, which absolutely is it's bananas, bro. I mean the, the here's the thing, like, and that is if you believe. The numbers that the Chinese are reporting for the GDP, mm-hmm. which I highly doubt, bro. I don't yes. know how credible these numbers. That's By the way, just to uh, complete some information now, uh, uh, we were talking earlier about demographics, bro. And um, look, there I said this in my video. I made the Jose Mourinho joke. I said China is playing four to one. It's like the the football structure. I'm nobody got this joke, but basically in China right now, this the the familiar structure. Like the classic family structure is four to one, two parents, one child, four elderly people being taken care of. Wow! And uh, it's not sustainable, especially like look, their uh, labor participation is absolutely abysmal. So China is a uh, 1.5 billion country, right? Half of these motherfuckers are don't work, either too young or too old. Only about 850 billion, million work. So half of them don't work. They become older and older. Not to mention, they expect higher salaries, bro. That's the crazy part. So they don't work for pennies anymore like they did in the 80s. So they expect... So the whole cheap cap, cheap cost of labor in China has gone to, to, to India, bro, and other places. And nobody's going to China for cheap labor anymore. So China's days as the manufacturer of the world, uh, I think their days are numbered. Not to mention the fact, like, people talking about it, like, again, Ray Dalio, oh, this is going to be the new reserve currency of the world. How, man? How? No democracy, no rule of law, no stability. Nobody wants this fucking yuan, bro. It's absolutely worthless. Like, how is this going to be the world? Like, the banking system is basically absolute sham. They can be canceled by a bureaucrat. I mean, I mean, yes, the mm-hmm. U.S. US imposes sanctions, and sometimes it's fucked up, right? <laughs> but there's... It's nowhere close to what's going on in China. Jack Ma goes away, comes back as Jack Pao. The, the fuck? I don't know, bro. It's just absolute <laughs> insanity. Like, what kind of reserve currency it is if you... There's absolutely no court system and no no central bank that gets to make the decisions. I mean, give me a break, bro. Also, like, how can... I, I also argue that you cannot be considered a world superpower. Not, fuck the biggest one, the strongest one. You cannot be included in the club of world superpowers if people are not envious in your lifestyle, bro. Now, you don't look at China and say, oh, wow, we want to live like that. Nobody wants to fucking live like that, bro. It's And that's why Russia never achieved the status. That's why I argue Russia was never a global superpower. 
they were a military superpower for sure, but not like a full blown mm -hmm. global superpower because like nobody wanted this fucking Russian lifestyle with the fucking rickety ass fucking cars and fucking you know uh, <laughs> everything is painted in gray and damp. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, I, that's an excellent point, Mike. Were you going to say something earlier? Uh, oh, I just, it just, I'm so annoyed that GDP is like this essential data that we all look at. And we all like gauge things on it, it. It can just be fake. It can just be misleading. Like it's terrible. Mm -hmm. It's terrible. Yeah. By the way, I, the U.S. manipulates data as well. <laughs> it's not yeah. only China. It's just the question oh, yeah. of how much. And like in yeah. the U.S., they manipulate it, but it's somewhat related to the reality. <laughs> like in China, bro, they don't even let the fucking uh, uh, the, the the board to to review. They claim to be U.S. GAAP compliant on the U.S. traded companies, and they don't let the regulator even look at their financials. Bro. That doesn't mm. like why? What? Come on, bro. So you want to tell me like, yeah, trust us, the numbers are legit, but you can't look at the books. <laughs> you can't review <laughs> yeah. our books. Okay then, bro. It's wild, wild stuff. Uh, real quick, I want to give a shout out to uh, to Lulu here. Lulu with the uh, ten dollars super chat. Thank you very much. It's Work one of hard my, before kids. My channel members. Awesome. Well. Thank you, Lulu, for stopping in, man. Appreciate you. Work hard before kids, then move to Shanghai. So that's his uh, <laughs> tip to those that want to live there. And then, uh, real quick, uh, Tom's f bomb counter is at twenty five. It's like somebody's keeping the counter. Very good. By the way, um, I had an idea for a yeah. situational comedy. Check okay. this out. I'm not even kidding, bro. Let me hear it. John Cena and Ray Dalio get an apartment together in China, bro, and just try to make it there. <laughs> <laughs> Best of friends walking down the street, oh, high-fiving yeah. each other, being so happy. <laughs> like odd couple, you know, the odd couple, yeah. but like in China. Yeah. And like, hey. yeah. That's amazing. It's like a Seinfeld episode almost. But instead of New York, it's China. Um, let me ask you a quick question along those lines. So, I mean, there's obviously some, some gigantic large-scale trends that could uh, take China off its rocker uh, as, a, as a world superpower today or as somebody who's very influential. One of the things that came to mind as you were describing that is that, okay, if China knows that they have a, uh, an aging population that is not you know, reproducing and they have these gigantic issues around uh, creating enough real GDP to boost your economy as you're going down the strand, how much like uh, China is investing a ton of money into AI and they're investing a ton of money into automation. Um, one of my fears is that that is the thing that helps them survive this craziness and then they become uh, a global superpower because they actually, as a government, right or wrong, they invested all their eggs in one basket and that one basket could yes. potentially take them to that next level. Like, how, do you think about that at all? How do you think about it? Or is that too crazy of a, to, of a statement? And that's open for the panel. I mean, whoever wants to tackle that on, because I think that's a variable there that might, that mm -hmm. might potentially throw a wrench into this whole thing. What do you guys think? It's a loaded one. I spoke enough. I can answer this, but I, well, I just want to shut up for a minute because I feel like bad. Well, you're the special guest. If you want to talk, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the question that I've been asking because, you know, we've seen this cycle play out a number of times and by all the traditional metrics, it typically ends in disaster. But the X factor that, you know, I don't know if we have an example that we can look to historically of a country that 
was basically demographically screwed and then were in a bad place in the debt cycle. Um, there was a lot of political division going on. Uh, you know, a lot of the different things that are going on in lots of different countries around the world, populism on the rise, all these things. Uh, have there been any situations where we've seen that and then we were able to use technology to grow out of that and it didn't end in a war. You know, I personally don't know of any examples uh, that we can look to and lean on historically, but technology has never been on a growth trajectory like it is today either. And so that's kind of the one X factor that makes it hard to, hard to determine what's going to happen next. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if like technology, like robots and, and like household robots and robots that produce everything, everything we need. I wonder if that'll just kind of fill in the gap, you know, for the missing. So uh, it's not going to do that anytime too, too soon. Right. Yeah. But then again, see, uh, China is not the, like manufacturing is not China's forte today. It's actually the knowledge economy. Like uh, if you think about it, right. Uh, Let's look at some of the key things that will change, like that will shape the next five years. Batteries, who produces the most of them? China does. Uh, solar panels, who does the most of them? China does. Mm. Um, you know, fine, semiconductors, uh, TSMC. Some would mm-hmm. argue that it's part of China, some would argue it's not. But then uh, after TSMC, it's uh, another Chinese, uh, you know, semiconductor manufacturing company who produces the most electronics uh, today. And I'm not talking about just manufacturing, I'm talking mm-hmm. about innovation. I mean, Samsung, uh, and again, when we talk about uh, China, some of its effects do fall on to other Southeast Asian nations as well. But uh, a ton of, uh, you know, it's a lot of Chinese people uh, who are also helping with a lot of these, uh, like, for example, Xiaomi, right? I mean, I use a Xiaomi phone. Uh, OnePlus, these are all brands that are, uh, you know, almost head-to-head with, something like an apple in terms of the features but uh they're able to produce it at a fraction of the cost right and they're just eating market share and in a lot of these uh growing economies you can't buy a phone that's not chinese i mean you can buy apple mm-hmm. or you can buy chinese why is that because the economy is actually a lot more knowledge oriented than we would want to probably give it credit for right having said that uh it is I mean, Tom, I'll ask this question to you and the rest of the panel as well. Like, how much, uh, you know, this is a plus for China. But again, culturally, like you rightly said, you know, that uh, they are sort of headed, they are on a slippery slope. So can these two balance each other out? Well, especially when you add in the some of the places that they've really got the rest of the world over a barrel like monopolies on raw materials for batteries and other things. So there's a lot of strategic places where they have gone um, to secure their future. And yeah, so just add that into Ishan's question. What do you think? I I just want to say one thing that you guys are discounting, which is for, for what you said to happen, the current regime in China has to basically say we are reforming the entire fucking uh, um, system so that uh, we're completely relinquishing control. So unless they do that, 
this current uh, centralistic, authoritarian, communist-oriented government is going to be uh, like a ball and chains to any sort of uh, positive developments because they are self-destructive. Look at what they had with Didi. Look at what they had with Alibaba. They demolished these companies, Tencent, right? Why? Because of uh, fear of losing control. Why did they go after Bitcoin? Fear of losing control. So they're they're basically giving up a lot of uh, weapons in this economic uh, um, race because their main objective is maintaining control. If has, your main objective is a centralistic government to maintain control, um, you're going to basically jack my your way into a failure, even if you have this golden, uh, the holy grail in your hand somehow, ass backwards into it. So the problem is the government. And I don't see the government basically saying, oh, we're the problem. We have to go. Has that ever happened? Like, has the government said that before? <laughs> Sometimes they said it for them, but like, there needs to be like a cataclysmic uh, failure. Like uh, when it happened in the... So the last time this happened was in the Soviet Union. So the way the Soviet Union basically collapsed out of a centralistic totalitarian government, it was a cascading effect. So it was uh, in 1986, which is four years before the uh, Soviet Union fell apart. If you have the kind of the, uh, you guys are younger a little bit. So I, I know that uh, um, you probably don't remember the time like me, but I, I was actually living in that country. So 1986, I'm five years old, bro. And I remember this, one of my first memories of watching TV, this lady on the news basically talking about an accident. Some accident happened, everything's fine. Okay. So she's talking about uh, the nuclear fucking meltdown in Chernobyl. Oh, shit. What is now Ukraine. So Chernobyl was uh, a horrific accident. And uh, this memory scarred me to this day. I cannot think, like, I remember exactly, like, I have the room in my head. I have this almost, like, almost the five-year-old me knew that something bad is happening. But I couldn't, like, the eeriness of this message still, like, fucks with my brain today this was like 35 years ago bro more 36 and um, so basically chernobyl happens and uh, that cost the soviet union basically a lot as far as uh, not even the death toll which is probably closer to six seven hundred thousand people the official death toll is like 13 by the way this is what happens in communistic centralistic governments this so you can manipulate data but basically the cleanup of this mess um, was such a Herculean task for for Soviet Union that it started a slow uh, domino effect that within four years led to the collapse of uh, of Soviet Union. Obviously, there are a few things aligned, but uh, opportunistic, oppor I guess, opportunism by Boris Yeltsin, who was so. Back in the day, there were like a few presidents of these countries and uh, Russia, Ukraine, never mind. So Yeltsin was a little bit opportunistic. The country was collapsing and basically it was basically defaulting. The economy is falling apart. So when there's like a perfect storm that uh, pulls the rug under this totalitarian regimes, they go home. But as you can see in Russia, by the way, because the country was preconditioned they brought it back within 20 years, bro. Literally, oh. they went, they they rolled it back, bro. 
This is 2022. It's completely rolled back in Russia, except for the fact that you can travel in and out of Russia as a Russian, I guess, which was not an option when I was a kid. But everything else is like basically rolled back. It's a completely totalitarian. So I would not bet that China will go through a um, governmental reform, essentially going democratic and abolishing the centralistic government. And, and if that doesn't happen, this whole fucking fantasy they have, it's pointless because they're going to find a way to fuck it up internally and ruin it themselves. And even if they did change to dem- democracy, you think it probably only lasts 10, 20 years before they just switch back again? Think about democracies everywhere else. So democracies that last usually last in countries that have a history of democratic uh, cultures. Whenever we try to force democracy uh, into places where there was no uh, cultural basis infrastructure for democracy, it always fell apart. Because people don't know how to fucking handle it if there's no basis for it. It's really hard. Because like democracy is hard. You're there to fend for yourself. There's no centralistic government to take care of you. There's nothing. You basically, and you can actually starve and end up on the street. That doesn't happen in communist Russia. I mean, you always have work assigned to you. You always have an apartment, even though it's shitty, right? But like, there's no homeless people and stuff. Like, so when you switch to democracies and free capital markets, there's a lot of casualties. And most people, like, they come from this place. They don't know how to make it work. In Russia, people were begging for communism, bro, in the 90s. Because things were so bad, like all the old people, like, oh, mm-hmm. we want to go back, we want to go back. This is garbage. Like, this was like popular opinion on the streets that we have to go back. This is trash. Like, when as, as Russia was defaulting, you know, mm-hmm. in the early 90s before Putin stabilized it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really just proves how it has to be so grassroots and it has to be led by a a gigantic number of people that that want that versus if at any point it's less than say 60% of the population wanting that it's probably assured to fail because it's such a difficult thing to implement you know yeah i think Pretty people wild. fail to appreciate last and in places where there was never democracies before right it's hard to cultivate bro yeah that our governmental systems are usually downstream of our cultural and historical backgrounds. And yeah, that's one of the things that is scary about the assault on Western values in the United States is that we can't have functional democracies in societies that are not built on Western values. And so if we attack the values, we are basically attacking the foundation that enables democracy to even be a thing. And then like, if we want to go to a different governmental system, okay, but show me one that has worked the way that's what's horrible about the like i i don't i i don't like biden i've been so critical of biden uh, but i i equally don't like trump because what happened with trump bro this is this is like when i was watching this, this shit play out bro in the capital i was like is this i really happy is this a like the feeling in my head was like this should be happening in the fucking uh, 90, early 1990s Russian parliament, bro, with tanks and shit. What the mm. fuck is this, bro? So that's I think Trump is disqualified for me because of what happened. Because he cannot say mm. I had nothing to do with it. On the other hand, Biden is fucking... He doesn't even know where the fuck he is, bro. 
He's mm. he's not even sentient at this point. Like he, yeah. like the, is this the only two options we have? I hope very not. Sad state of affairs. So as an yeah. external observer, uh, I'll say that Biden makes Trump. Ishan, look for like those that genius. don't know, let us know where you're from, FYI. For those that don't know and yeah. the, that are viewing. I you am from India. Oh, he's he's Indian. Yeah, I could tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure everybody was aware of your background before you, uh, you keep going. Go for it. Sure. Yeah. No. So uh, from halfway across the world, uh, honestly, I mean, uh, Biden makes Trump look like a genius. You know, the one thing Trump did, which was, uh, he was a pragmatist to his credit. So the way he handled the relationship with Saudi Arabia was very yeah. pragmatic. He basically said, I know these guys are assholes. I know that they're you know, probably not the nicest guys, but we have a mutually beneficial arrangement that benefits both our countries. They're going to buy our weapons, pay us a lot of money. We're going to buy their oil. We're going to make a lot of it so it doesn't cost us too much. And we're going to ignore all the bullshit because that's the only thing that matters. And then that's how he handled this relationship. He couldn't care less about MBS being a nice guy or not. And the Biden administration really looks at things more of a virtue signaling kind of analysis and basically saying, well, they most likely did shady things. We should just cut ties with them. It's like saying, well, the only guy who sells water on this fucking deserted island is an asshole, so I'm not going to talk to him. Great move, my guy. <laughs> just fucking sentence yourself to fucking... What? What, what would... How would this work? Tell me. And now the crazy part is now Biden is backpedaling and he was over there trying to e-bag for more fucking oil and they're not going to give it to him for because they essentially cannot anymore. I mean, it's mm -hmm. they have their own problems. So, so the thing is, MBS wouldn't even take his phone call. I mean, yeah, but it seems now they're more in the talking kind of they, they've kind yeah. of mended things. But look, even MBS is taking shots at them, saying, you guys, with your ESG, did you hear his, uh, his speech? MBS had the speech. He's basically, yeah. your ESG bullshit, you fucked up everybody, including ourselves. Because he knows mm -hmm. the problem with MBS, like, he's not an idiot, bro. He's a very bad yeah. guy, but he's not an idiot. He knows that high oil prices long-term is bad for him. It's like OPEC wants prices to be around 80 bucks a barrel, that's the best for them because at this point they're printing money, demand is high, nobody's getting fucked, everybody's making money. At $100, $110 a barrel, yes, short term, they're going to make a lot of money, but people are going to go under, bro. They're going to fucking lose yeah. demand and they're yeah. going to, everybody gets fucked. So they don't want oil prices to go up that much. They're probably more comfortable at 80 bucks a barrel, 70 bucks a barrel. So he knows that ESG bullshit has basically fucked everybody. And he told him to his face, oh, listen, you guys have pushed out this fucking notion of what the world should be instead of what it is, and now we're all paying the price. Yeah. Tom, have you considered doing like longer format, just sitting down and talking about like world macro economic government type stuff? Because I find that this stuff you're you're sort of sharing here is pretty valuable. Have you thought about doing that? I've been no. meaning to ask you that question for a while. Yeah. No, I haven't. It seems like, we, especially we, with your yeah. background, yeah, like your background in finance, but also living through like through different styles of government and life and everything, and like the stuff that's happening now where we're trending. I feel it, like, 
I would watch would the fuck watch out it. of that. Mm. I would. It's gonna be you, my mom, and maybe Ishan. Who Francis else? Who else more do you need? Mike, yeah. maybe on Tuesday. You have about you have about four hundred people watching it, right? <laughs> That's because of Farzad, yeah. not because of me, bro. No, no, the view counter was going up as Tom was getting into like the world sort of like uh, macro environment. Most of them like are that, here so. to hate me, bro. Nah. <laughs> I only saw like two hate comments. Everything else was great. Um, don't don't, don't listen, worry I, them. I love the haters, bro. I engage. Yeah, with I just them. leave them on. Good. <laughs> uh, I definitely want to be respectful of your time. Uh, of your time, Tom. But uh, maybe uh, one more question, if you have, uh, if you have uh, just a few minutes for us. Um, Tesla is coming out with their quarterly earnings uh, tomorrow. Curious to hear your take on that report and moving forward, and maybe, uh, yeah, just your overall thoughts. Well, I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, you know, if I'm assuming Rob has a fucking elaborate fucking model with every like down to the number of fucking uh, exhaust pipes they have in the fucking warehouse, bro. Not even like (laughs) he probably has this crazy ass model. I like Rob is a fucking genius. He he probably has. I didn't even look at it. Yeah. So he probably has a model. Fucking Dave Lee probably has an idea of how it advances AGI. Steve and Mark Ryan is probably buying up fucking calls for tomorrow, mortgaging his house, bro. Like everybody is doing their thing. Yeah. <laughs> and telling everyone just how amazing it is. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love three of I love all three of them, by the way. The only yeah, guy like um, I got to come on my show twice is Dave Lee, because he's such a fucking good sport. Um, but here's the thing. Whatever happens, like that's what my point was with Ken when I was making it. The numbers might be good, it might be bad. The stock on the day of the earnings might sell off or might not. It's completely 50-50, nobody freaking knows. Long term, it's it's gonna take something really crazy to rattle the Tesla community. So let's say it sells off tomorrow for whatever reason. Okay, it drops to 650. It, it, the pressure from the current existing retail community is going to push it back up. Let's say it, uh, it goes up like crazy, right? It goes like it jumps up again. It's going to it. It might, but it, I honestly don't know and don't have an opinion about it. The way I look at companies like Tesla is I look at it as a generation opportunity to own a piece of what I think industry will be in the next ten to fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in that spectrum the performance of the stock in the week before and after the financials and the specific financials of q2 2022 will be probably a bug on the windshield of tesla bro so i couldn't care less mm. i'm dollar cost averaging uh, into good companies and uh, I, I tend not to focus on short-term events like that because yeah, uh, it's very hard to predict bro it Tesla can have great financials, the stock might sell off. It might have horrible financials, the stock might fly. It's comp- like, it's, I, there's no logic to these things. I don't know. I yeah. don't even touch the stock around the fucking earnings day. It's just too fucking crazy, bro. Yeah. And you have to do yeah. so much research just to like try to make maybe 1% or something. And then even that's risky. You don't have to do research. Rob's models are on point, bro. If you go back to previous uh, financials, as far as delivery numbers, as far as like revenue, like Rob's modeling is like fucking amazing, bro. I don't know how yeah. he does it, but he hits it like very close, bro, to the actual numbers. Yeah. Like he does a phenomenal job. 
<laughs> we're all uh, we're all in the testing community. We're so nerdy. nerd. I was uh, arguing about this with Justin and Money Talks. Nerd in 2022 is a compliment, bro. Is a great thing. This isn't like a 1986 like a high school movie, bro. Nerd is no longer like yeah. a bad thing. <laughs> the things have changed. Have you bro. seen how many women are after Elon, even with his that beautiful pale body of his? Like, have if you, you go into how the many women are that? after Amit, and bro, no, like <laughs> apparently a like, lot, but I don't see nerd, it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love that little like you guys were going back and was like I want to talk about my, my, my past and blah blah blah. Yeah. That was so funny. No, what, um, he's a girlfriend, he's a girlfriend in Canada. Ah, <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, so, I'm sure that's the case. So uh, real quick, I want to give a shout women? out to. Uh, what's that? Now I was saying all the Canadian women are after Ramit, and he comes and moans with you on on your show. Oh, he doesn't know what what we're talking about. Yo, Farzad, whenever we do the podcast with Amit, there's yeah. a moan every few minutes coming in. From, <sighs> yeah, like I kid you not, bro. And like we can't figure out where it's coming from because it's not. I can. We, we tested it out. It's not from my end. It's not from his end. <laughs> what the fuck? We thought it's a ghost. There's just like, a moan. It's a moan, like a random uh, uh, something like that. Bro. <laughs> Yeah, I, and he's alone wow. and I'm alone there's nobody here so like, that's weird that's super and the thing weird. is that that moan is always when Tom is talking so it can't be him <laughs> exactly. it's his neighbor or somebody next door who knows who knows it's what the hell's happening bro. over there yeah uh, real quick shout out to Lulu uh, uh, everyone shave uh, <laughs> oh wait <laughs> oh, I just <laughs> noticed <laughs> yeah I you did because in my in my previous work a place um so the guy who was my boss and the guy who was working in my team and we're kind of working together the three of us a lot we all had goatees bro and it was very unusual mm. there's not a lot of goatees in america you know what i'm thinking like, goatees is yeah. not a thing yeah. anymore it's like, yeah, and funny. all of us had and like <laughs> and people were like, it's, it's like is this like a team thing like <laughs> it was completely random like it's not that we planned it you know what i mean it's like when they, you remember how the Cavs, they all shaved their head with that LeBron playoff run or whatever. Yeah. I don't remember what, uh, or the beard. I don't, yeah. Yeah, they all had like the same look. I remember growing up, I had a goatee because I wanted to look like James Hetfield because he had one at that time. I'm like, I'm I like James coach. Hetfield. Yeah. James is the definition man. of cool, bro. Everything yeah. about him is fucking cool. To this day, the, you should, like, I never, you should listen you know, to their when I watch them like interact. I can't mm -hmm. stand fucking Lars. I want to punch him in the fucking face, bro. <laughs> Wait, I, James is so likable. I want to have beer with him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the, yeah. the Lars is such a fucking asshole, bro. But he's he's a genius. <laughs> James is just yeah. like a good dude, bro. Yeah, uh, and he's been all through. Remember a lot that too, movie when he was like recovering, and like he was trying to go home. Like he has some rules. He has to go home by five. Yeah. So, and Lars was like, "You fucking stay, and we work." Like, dude, you know what's funny? I was literally just watching like highlights from that movie on YouTube like yesterday because it just came up, and I just started binge watching some kind of monster again. And I'm like, "Oh my god, I forgot about this movie." It was so good. But you can see it was Lars very vulnerable being an asshole in this. Like the, the oh, guy yeah. is like, he wants to go home, bro. He's recovering. Let him. It's like he it was a pushing him yeah. to stay and work, bro. Like that's the kind yeah. of guy he is. Uh, but, uh, this is like going off to the complete like Metallica nerd land. Now nobody gives a shit about <laughs> this stuff anymore. I'm okay with it. There's well, one more uh, uh, here, ten dollars super chat. Thank you so much, Jeremiah. Shout out to Tom and all of uh, the YouTube Tesla community. Also, I feel exactly the same thing about M Lars. Cheers. <laughs> so you have somebody who agrees with you there in the comments Look at Lufty. about Lars. He did a counter, bro. I'm a. You're the I, one. Did, did do you we have another one? Do we have another counter? 
you didn't even say it once. <laughs> I may, I think I may have said it once. Maybe I, I said no. shit. I don't remember. Okay, fuck. There it doesn't is. count. Okay, here <laughs> there's the one. And no, then there's two. <laughs> they monetize. We'll retroactively apply it. Yeah. <laughs> so much for that? these super chats. <laughs> That's so funny. Tom, listen, uh, I, I know um, you have to go. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate your time as always. Thank you for being a good sport when uh, Alexander came on and I uh, gave you a little pranky prank there. That was funny. You handled it like a champ. And uh, yeah, man, you're welcome back anytime. Thank everybody in the thank you everybody in the community. Thank you guys for jumping on and taking part of this. Mike, Ishan, and Hans, uh, Messi, another uh, ten dollar uh, super chat. Thank you very much. Respect from Montreal. Welcome, welcome. Any last words uh, before we let you go, my friend? Uh, for me, I, yeah. I okay. So I'll tell you a story and then I'll give you like the moral of it. I'm trying to lose weight now because I got fucking fat again. Because uh, I've I've been on and off like uh, fat, thin, fat, thin, fat, thin really? for like twenty years, bro. Can mm. can never find the balance. So and um, so now, bro, it's so frustrating. So COVID ended, I dropped like 22, 23 pounds, bro. I feel great, feel amazing. Two months later, I'm back, bro. Gain everything back up, bro. <laughs> Like how? I was looking at this, how my guy? Anyways, I'm trying to do this now. So I'm, I'm in this plan and the plan is basically, it's a structured plan. It's basically only eat three times a day, okay? You can eat whatever, like the beginning stage, later they become, I guess, more kind of evil. But the first couple of weeks, eat whatever you want, just make sure you eat breakfast, you eat lunch, you eat dinner, eat whatever you want, but you don't eat in between, like categorically. Mm. That includes no sugar in between, no milk, no coffee. Like if no you want to drink, no snacking. You can drink tea without yeah. sugar, but like basically nothing caloric, basically. So eat pizza three times a day. We don't care, but just, it kind of just goes to train your brain to get snacks out. Yesterday, I was texting the guy who's doing the group. I was like, this is easy. Went through the entire day. I was doing the podcast with Amit and I, I was like on point, not a single snack. We were done with the podcast and I was talking to him. I was like, listen, I'm going to go home right now. It was like 6 p.m. Like, you're not going to eat. So, no, 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 I'm done. I ate ready and everything. I'm going to watch some TV, go to go to bed early. And then uh, 2 a.m., bro. I did this. I did. I went to bed early. 2 a.m. I wake up, bro. Like a fucking walking dead scene. I was so hungry. My brain was not functioning. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> going to the fridge, bro. Like, my wife is like, what are you doing? He's like, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Eight, seven sandwiches, bro. One after the other. Like, fucking. Oh, bro, my bro. God. Like, the, it, the kitchen looked like a wild animal fucking broke into the house, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so, I, I'm, oh, man. in the morning, I text the guy and uh, like, I fucked up, bro. I was, I, because I, like, you wake up when you, you know, when you wake up, like, at 2 a.m., your brain isn't like fully functioning. So it took yeah. me like a whole hour to understand what just happened because I was like in a primal survival mode. <laughs> in his own. So he told me, he told me, look, nobody's gotten fat out of one bad decision like that. It's just you, you, the worst thing you can do is take one failure point and turn it into a pattern just because you failed once. Yeah. And I tweeted about it. I said, and he told me the same thing. You're going to fail here and there. But the main point is not to let these failures define you. So 
it doesn't mean that the next day is basically you can do whatever you want because you already failed. You have to kind of accept your failures, love them, embrace them, but then just try and not do it the next day. And if you don't do it the next day, then the next day, and then keep fighting, keep until you eventually you'll get it done. And yep. um, I think it's a powerful message. We're all fucking flawed as fuck, bro. And uh, we tend to be our own worst critics and just basically to absolutely... Because my tendency was to basically go into the self-hatred mode for the whole day, say, were well, you fucking mm. loser? How the fuck did you... And he basically said, don't, just embrace it, accept it, and just don't do it next time. Just fucking forget about it. It's like a bad shot. You know, when Steph Curry misses oh. a three, he doesn't fucking hate himself for it. He just goes, shoots the right. next one. Yeah. Tom, that's a beautiful... That's like, I mean, you can really use that for anything in life, like you said. It's, it's such a powerful message and i think i think it's also goes to like helping people build confidence too because i feel I, I can connect with that because i used to be like that i used to be that guy that fell once and then i'm like well i failed so i suck so why should i keep trying yep. like yep. i suck yep. I'm, it's like almost like self-hatred like self uh yeah, exactly. sabotage right you know it's wild so thank you so much for for sharing that dude that was actually uh, quite inspirational uh did you try intermittent fasting ever have you ever tried that that's what i'm on right D now if that works so okay today i'm so feeding window a, yes today i'm on the on this uh so far so good but i've made it to this point yesterday so the test is mm -hmm. going to be at 2 a.m bro so uh, <laughs> there's an intermittent fasting built into this plan because let's say you eat dinner at eight so the first time you eat is at eight o'clock or nine o'clock in the morning. That's like a 12, 13 hour window. It's pretty much built in into this plan. But I mean, they haven't considered the fact that some idiot is going to wake up at 2 a.m. and eat seven sandwiches in the fucking crazy bench. <laughs> that's not part of the plan. Yeah, yeah. I think no, man, I may that's, need that's to great. lock the yeah. fridge at night and just hide the key, bro. <laughs> Give it to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> like a chain link around the handles, like you can't even open it. Oh my god! Make you solve like that's a complicated awesome. puzzle, so you're tired and you're like, I can't do this. Exactly. Like, yeah. like a, I wonder if there's a market. Yeah, Yo, I wonder if there's like a market for that. Like legitimately, like a, a, a smart fridge that locks itself and you can only get into it after a certain time. Oh, you lock it for the night. Oh, that's a great idea. I have bro. one. I have, one. have one. It's got it's got my wife. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. And the key. <laughs> Does she stand in front of the fridge like standing guard, make sure you don't into the fridge the whole night? Is that what happens? <laughs> no, most oh, is uh, his his wife and my wife, they probably have the same uh, the same plan. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> like Ishan, I was so hungry yesterday, I, I was like step aside. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Get no, no I'm way. totally with you. I'm totally with you. I mean, uh, it's what uh, almost three twenty in the morning for me, and you have no idea. You have no idea, my brother. No, but uh, he's right. This on, might be man. a good idea for a fridge, bro. Also, I have an upgrade for you. So the fridge comes with a screen. You lock mm -hmm. it, and then you you cannot unlock it until the morning. No matter, there's no password to unlock. It. It's basically gone. And also, if mm. you come anywhere near the fridge, it will show you a picture of yourself, like in your fattest, like. <laughs> and they're like, okay, oh, you know, Samsung has actually <laughs> built that. Samsung's actually done that. You know, uh, it can act, It has a screen, and I think there's a see-through part of it where uh, they actually overlay how many calories each item oh, in nice. the fridge has. That's crazy. Whoa. I mean, uh, so yeah, they have like uh, somewhere. Uh, in Seoul or something, they have like a smart nice. store. It's more like a demo store, but yeah, they they show it. 
That's Crazy. awesome. I've always wondered if they can ever do the calorie thing over time, but yeah, no, that's a great idea. That's And that's cool that it already exists, but yeah. Tom, thanks again, man. You're the man. Thank you so much. Seriously. I yeah. really appreciate no, how kind amazing. you've been with your thank time. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Of course. Yeah, man. Yeah. Welcome back anytime. And again, thank you, you to everybody who's been watching. And call it, uh, uh, what should we call it? Comment Whatever below. Whatever you want. Give us ideas for a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, also comment. I'd love to start a podcast. See if, yeah. see if you want to have the Tom Nash do the do the uh, podcast about the, you know. Macro Nash with Babushka. Yeah, Macro Nash. Did you just call me Macro Nash? That's horrible, bro. <laughs> macro. <laughs> macro <laughs> Nash, too. Oh, man. Intermittent snacking. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. We should call yeah, the podcast Back some... in my day. Yeah. We got, bro. Back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah that sounds super fun post some uh, post some ideas in the comments below what, what the podcast should be called and, and yeah uh, thanks again man seriously I, I really enjoyed this conversation <laughs> <laughs> and then do we have a final F-bomb F counter on here let's see did Luftia here we go one more uh, uh, Tom's F-bomb is at 69 there you go I don't know if that's, that's accurate 69. or not 69 this is bland this dude is what bland, a perfect bro. way to end it <laughs> All right. you can have 420 that would have been even perfect there bro but oh man we're mm. gonna need a three hour podcast for that one yeah. or just talk about something that you're really passionate like you're super gonna need a big about. fridge for that <laughs> 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 alright everybody okay, signing guys. out thank you guys thank you later thank you Tom